0: Welcome to the Peach Pit. Peach Pit is the popular podcast starring me, your host, Stuart Wellington, and it is a podcast all about... The original Peaches and their podcast, The Flophouse. Now, today on The Peach Pit, we are going to be doing... Wait a minute. No, we're not going to be doing that. Originally, it was supposed to be The Peach Pit Presents Mission Impossible, Possibility, Emissions, where I talk about all the Mission Impossible movies, and we're going to rank them. And Elliot, I guess, would shrug his shoulders and talk about the TV show. I don't know. I don't know if he's ever seen these movies. But instead, I am joined by my co-host, Dan Nelliot. And because these streaming services and the uh, production companies are being shitbags, we don't want to recommend and talk about new movies. No, no, no. Uh, SAG and the WGA are on strike, so we are going to be talking about other stuff. That's right. So first, let me introduce my guest. I'm joined by, on my left, Dan McCoy. Say hey, Dan McCoy. Hey, Dan McCoy. And on my right is Elliot Kalen. Say hey, Elliot Kalen. Hey,
1: Elliot Kalen.
0: Okay, so uh, I hope you guys don't mind the little change-up. I know that i would given you your show notes and you've done all your prep on Mission Impossible. Are you guys going to be okay talking about something different
2: today? <laughs> Uh Yeah, I will go along with this fiction and say, uh, you know what? I'm, I'll make the sacrifice for the team.
1: It's quite It's quite a curveball, Stu. Just as long as I can talk about, uh, later in the episode, I can talk about Flop TV, our upcoming run of monthly live streaming shows. Tickets available now at the flophouse.simpleticks.com. More information later in the show, hopefully.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, as the Peach Pit is a show that's all about promoting the Flop House, I feel like promoting the Flophouse in other ways is appropriate for the Peach Pit. Yes. So, it, yep, perfect. You can do that <laughs> later. But for now, we're going to be doing something a little bit different.
2: Stop doing your impression of a kid in a 90s movie,
1: Elliot. Yes. <laughs> uh, instead of <laughs> not- talking about how
2: we're. Oh,
1: uh, wow. you, more, you got some more bits with. That was more 90s stuff. Did I, I, did I ever told you guys that uh, I did that to uh, my older son? I said something to him and then I said, not. And he goes, what was that? And I'm like, oh, that's the thing <laughs> people did in the 90s. They'd say something that wasn't what they meant, and then they'd go, not, afterwards. And he goes, why would you do that? <laughs> <He Yeah>. just, <laughs> like, why would you just say what you meant to say? Did he then, like, so I, like make stick out his of hands the in his pockets babes. and,
0: like, wander out into the, like, Go for a walk, stare off across like a oh, lake. I, I just walked.
1: I just walked into the ocean. I just, I just, sure. I, I just Virginia Woolf that. So <laughs> well, he started questioning oh, every truth it, in his life. Was it Emily Dickinson who walked into the river? It was. Uh, it was Virginia. I thought, that Wolf, was, right? I thought that was Toad the Wet Sprocket. Well, no, that's how he got wet, but then he walked Al out Green again. Both Green and David
2: Byrne to the river and dropped them in the water. Yeah. Not and very also nice. the
1: big mouth Billy Bass also asked for that. I don't know if it got it. At the end. <laughs> yeah, I
2: think it probably expired before it, it me made s- it back to the river. It
0: took me so long. It was on the most recent Sopranos rewatch that I understood <laughs> what actual song was being sung by that Billy Big Mouth
1: Bass. <laughs> you thought it was an original Big Mouth Billy Bass <laughs> <Yeah>. composition. <laughs>
0: I'm like, wow. Does he have any other hits? And I was looking it up on the internet. I was getting nothing. Nada. Okay. So welcome to the Peach Pit. This is going to be the Peach per- Presents the Fine Art House, where instead of talking about flop movies, the Flap house guys are going to be talking about fine art. And we're going to be doing a little game oh. that I like to call Admire, Acquire, or Funeral Pyre. That's right. <laughs> I'm going to present you with three works of fine art, and you are going to tell me if you admire it, if you'd like to acquire it, uh-huh. or if it's time to uh, put it on the funeral pyre. Now,
2: it specifically has to be a funeral pyre. We can't just yeah. burn this art. We have to wait till someone dies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and burn it that way yep. I've got good news yeah. for you Dan
1: people are constantly dying
2: also well, constantly no, being I,
1: born it's the circle of life
2: I don't doubt that it just seems inconvenient to have to acquire them as a sure as you know fuel sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so when yeah, I talk about gotta pay auction house prices for them when we throw <laughs> them on the funeral pyre yeah So
0: obviously admire means this is something you'd like to look at and acquire means this is something that you need to look at. You want to see it every day. You would want to spend money or maybe hire a cat burglar to uh, get it for you. (laughs) And then funeral Mm. pyre, that's right. You're like, I'm done with this piece of shit. Throw it in the garbage. Now, the thing is, each, you have to. Uh, I'll give you three options, and you have to pick one for each. Unfortunately, some of these are going to be a little bit challenging. And you know, this isn't just a world of chaos. No, no, no. They're going to be organized by <laughs> style. That's right. So I sent you guys a link, and uh, I'll do my best to describe things so folks at home can Google the results so they can decide for themselves. Stuart, if they'd can like I just to. look
2: on your laptop? Yes, you That's can look right on my here. laptop. That's yeah, why great. I brought my laptop. Thank you.
0: Um, also, so that I could have my secret stash of pornography <laughs> close to me at <laughs> all times. Just tons. in case you needed it. <laughs> In case I need it, it's more of a comfort blanket. It it, it defeats the purpose. That's my
1: Linus blanket. Yeah, this this Linus was so turned on by that blanket. Yeah. No wonder he didn't want them to take it away from him. Well, they were
2: common law married, I think.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. In some states, uh, a blanket and a child can be married after a certain amount of time.
0: The future liberals want. Okay.
1: So, so uh when, so when Snoopy would take the blanket from him, do you think do you think he secretly liked being cucked in that way? Or was that <laughs> or it really bothered him?
0: Mm, I don't know if I'm ready to explore that. I don't think that falls within <laughs> the purview. Of the peach presents the fine art house. Maybe next episode. I mean yeah. we are putting
1: yeah. we are putting the perv in
0: purview. Does that help? Yep, that's or? that's true. So uh let's see. Our first category here is uh Oh, fuck. I don't even know what these guys are. Uh, I I looked it up before. Um, Okay, so the first one, our first uh, artist is, let's look at the first slide. That's Mm. right. That's Monet and Water Lilies. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so we got Monet, we got Renoir. What's that? The skiff. Ooh. Monet is yeah.
1: a, now Monet is the is the subject of the of the Billy Idol song Monet Monet, correct?
0: Nope. <laughs> <Yep. laughs> I mean, I'm not I'm not super. Cl- Dan, I remember Dan saying some Billy Idol on a <laughs> That's cruise true. ship once. That's
2: true. Uh, yeah. Being a was, rebel himself, he that sang was rebel, rebel yell. yell. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't really give me much information about our history.
1: Rebel yell is, of course, about <laughs> Edvard Munch's *The Scream*. <laughs> of course, <laughs> yeah, which is
0: weirdly enough a very pro-Confederacy song.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very strange. And *Cradle of Love*, of course, a Marie Cassat painting. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh,
0: and then finally, so we have uh, we have Monet's *Water Lilies*, Renoir's *The Skiff*, and Manet's *The Bar at I Can't Follies Berger*. Yeah, you yep. got it. Oh, nailed it and won. Okay. You so. did it.
1: it and when, when the. Uh, I, I you have to assume that if the Country Bears had been a hit movie, they would have done a sequel called, like, Bears Go to Paris, and they would have been at the Follies Bergère, and there'd be French bears walking around.
0: Oh, man. That sounds great. Uh, well, I mean, there's still time. You never
1: know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and they'd stop by the Moulin Rouge, and it'd be a cow based dance hall. Oh, it's Moulin. I'm still gonna, going Disney. When the, any... over, <laughs> when the strike's over, pay me to write, to write this, mm-hmm. this piece, of, piece of junk movie. <laughs> Okay,
0: so uh, Elliot, since you're you're talking the most, let, let's give us your ranking. Which one do you admire? Which one do you need to acquire? And which ones for the funeral pyre?
1: Okay, I think I admire water lilies. In mm-hmm. particular, some people would talk about the way the light plays on the water or whatevs, but I really like the way he gets across the the uh, weight of the lilies. Uh, I would want to acquire the bar painting, which I've always loved. I think it's a beautiful painting. I love the character of the bartender who she is so uninterested in serving you, which (laughs) is my experience when I'm at a bar. So it's like I'm really at the bar. And of course that you see the room in the mirror behind her. Is the angle of her back off slightly in terms of the mirror? Yes, but that's the illusion of painting. It's calling attention to its own artifice. And as much as I love Renoir's other work, I'm gonna have to funeral pyre the skiff one because I find it sloppy. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, this is gonna
2: be boring because I am in complete agreement with your rankings, Elliot. Uh, I, you know, the Renoir one, like I, I, I like it. Uh, the, you know, it's 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 only a casualty of the rules of the game. The uh, <laughs> yeah, regular ironic, de
1: <laughs> I, ironic <laughs> because that's his son's yeah. movie. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because Jean Renoir was the son of August Renoir. Yeah. Wow. Right? Mm-hmm. Wow, it's, uh, it's crazy
2: that that happens sometimes.
0: Making you know, People have
1: babies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah, Renoir, the director, was a real Nepo baby, yeah.
2: And I'm thinking about the last one. I mean, I, there's something about the facial expression, Elliot, I agree with you, that really uh, pulls me in on this painting. I I once read that like people like uh, photos with other people in them more than mm. uh, just like photos of something like pretty. And I've certainly found this Dan to be true. Damn saying
1: people are not pretty. Interesting, mm. excluding people from uh, the pretty that, category. An,
2: another thing that is oh, I see, pretty. I see. Like, not, like and I found this to be true in you know like social media. I, I post like a, an amazing photo of something that has no people in it. Modest. Is invariably. I'm just saying. <laughs> imagine this is my top photo of a non-person okay. subject. Yeah. It's still gonna get less likes than something that is people. Mm-hmm. There's just something about people that likes looking at people. You
0: know, people like, Daniel posts a picture of the like pyramids of Giza, and you're like, wow, this great work of mankind can't compare to this selfie I took.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, then, well, right? then he, and then he then he posts a picture of mankind, and I'm like, that's a, a greater work of mankind. <laughs> <laughs> when yeah. He's body slamming. I don't know. <laughs> doink. He
0: survived that that what choke <laughs> slam <laughs> off of the uh, off of the in the cage match thing where sure, through sure. the cage. Those <laughs> kids did. were in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Okay, yeah, I think we're all in agreement. This is uh, I'm I'm with all y'all. This was uh, this was an easy test round. I don't think we have a lot of fighting. The real fighting is going to probably happen in the mm. next round. Uh-oh. That's right, where we have Persistence of Memory, Salvador Dali, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. followed by Pablo Picasso's Guernica, oh. or uh. Frida Kahlo's Henry Ford Hospital.
1: Uh oh. Mm. Dan, you go first.
2: Uh, you know, I think that I'm, this is probably just, uh, Frida Kahlo's painting is, um, possibly the victim of just being less familiar to me. The other two are such blockbuster paintings and, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, this one, I don't know that I've seen before. And I even went to the Frida Kahlo exhibit, uh, Brooklyn museum a ways back, but, um.
1: Also, you maybe established your Frida-fides or maybe I just don't want. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe I just don't
2: want a painting that has like a floating fetus in it. Um, mm. I know this marks me as an oddball
1: uh, Maybe. I, think- I mean Guernica is literally literally a reaction to aerial bombing <laughs> uh, yeah so, so the miracle of the recreation of human life is is lower on your scale than than that tragic massacring of you innocence. know
0: what I saw? yeah it looks like uh like uh, like a human Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> i just, just a lot of people don't know that Boy when he saw Guernica, said, ah, this is what I shall do. I shall dehuman the Pasquetti and bring pasta to all. You know, I
2: at first I was gonna take Guernica over a Persistence of Memory because uh I feel like Persistence of Memory has been uh cheapened by a thousand posters and a th- thousand college dorm rooms, maybe. But I will say that uh, having—I have actually seen both of these paintings in person in Madrid uh, during a visit that Audrey and I took uh, right before the pandemic, fortunately. Mm. Uh, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That uh, Guernica in person I found less impressive than I expected, whereas this— Really, because it's huge. And Persistence of Memory
1: is a pretty small painting.
2: Persistence of Memory is a very small painting, but I just didn't—it didn't strike me as much as it actually does in reproductions. I don't know why. Interesting. Yeah, uh,
0: it was Donnelly listen to a lot of Pink Floyd when he painted this thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's
2: what. I, that's really what I wanted. I just want to get blazed, put on some Pink Floyd, and stare at this painting. <laughs> uh, cool. <laughs> so, Dan, Allie. according
1: to the official categories, what? Are you, so your your funeral pyre. Uh, I guess I'm
2: acquiring the- persistence of memory and, and admiring Guernica. Although, you know, on a different day, who knows.
1: You know, so I'm also going to acquire *Persistence of Memory*. Dan, you have struck me to the quick because not in college, but in high school, I had a poster of this on my on my wall. Mm. I was a big Salvador Dali buff, uh, and I remember going to the Dali Museum in Saint Petersburg, Florida, uh, Mm -hmm. and seeing the stuff. It was called Dollywood, right? (laughs) Yeah, it's called Dollywood. My family took our RV. There's a there's a it's Salvador Dali. Parton is is my favorite singer of all time. uh, now I wish that uh, I wish that there was some. I was fast enough to do a Salvador Dali Dolly Parton mashup song. <laughs> Where it's yeah. like it's like yeah. Jolene, but he's singing about his, a gala. <laughs> I uh, think it'd be like Dali's working
2: worth. nine to five, but there's no way to know what time is because <laughs> these clocks are melting, and I don't know when to leave this job. Perfect. I'm working Perfect. at okay.
0: Anyway. Oh wow! Perfect. The, mas- the master up. bows to you, Dan. <laughs> Dan,
1: you've you've defeated me. Yeah. <laughs> I'll wax my mustache. This kind of is my trademark. Uh, so I think I'm going to. I'm going to acquire persistence memory. I think I'm going to admire the Frida Kahlo one because mm-hmm. that to me is. Uh, I feel like she's expressing something, a real lived experience of pain, uh, and I find it visually somewhat grotesque. But I think that's what she's going for. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, when you say uh, when H.R. Giger stood in front of this and said "Frida Kahlo Semua," and, and it's like, yeah, yeah, uh, the fusion of the, of things and human, sure. And Guernica, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think uh, I don't want to have to burn it because it is a major work, but I think it's going to have to go on the funeral pyre. No choice. And the and the figures within the painting. ironically made up this. Yeah. Will suffer some the monster.
2: Same- ca- well, maybe they'll oh. finally be at peace. You know? Yeah, yeah,
1: and, and and also, and you're saying it's and it was created by a monster. Yeah, yeah. Pablo <laughs> yeah. 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 Picasso himself was a monster. I mean, Salvador Dali was also like not a not probably not a great guy. Not to a know. good dude, huh? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with
0: you. I'm gonna admire the Frida Kahlo work because it's nice and gross, and I like that. Uh, I, though I'm gonna say I would want to acquire Guernica because it's huge. It is
2: huge. It's a very it's yeah, but then it's, it's just going to dominate it, your apartment. It covers it's, it's your whole big. wall.
1: <laughs> yeah. Whereas, whereas whereas persistence of memory, you can just put that on a wall with a bunch of other paintings, maybe pictures of yeah. trips you've taken, and it's unfortunately, I've
2: seen two a real memory. gallery wall with <laughs> persistence of memory in the middle. Set that thing but, on uh, but, fire. But, okay. But I think
1: it was a great idea to bring together three Spanish-speaking artists. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh,
2: I mean, that wasn't a, a thank you per se. But okay, yeah,
0: time for us to go baroque, everybody, and we're going to start with we are. To go
1: Baroque, if the AMPTP won't pay us what we deserve for our work, that's anyway. a really
0: good lead in. To, uh, well, we'll talk more about that later. Sure, so, sure. the uh, we're going to talk about my, my main man, that's You're right, right Peter Mumford. Paul Rubens. Uh oh, <laughs> not my main man, uh, Paul John Ruben. Hodgman, the master, no, of the
1: man from Maine. Now, Peter Paul Ru- Rubens, I, when they fired Rubens and brought in Mary, the the painting <laughs> suffered, but the singing got better. I just got to say it hot that's take, true. hot take. Well,
0: he, he had to go focus on his sandwiches. <laughs>
1: So really, everyone won
0: out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, everybody won out. So we got Peter Paul Rubens. This is uh this is the Feast of Akaloos. We got Caravaggio. Uh-oh. Oh. That's Judith in the hollow furnace. Yeah, classic mm. subject. Look out, buddy. Somebody's having <laughs> somebody's a real pain in the neck. Uh and then we got Vermeer, girl with a pearl earring. That's a heavy mm. hitter, folks. So
1: Starting Scarlett doing? Johansson as the the earring. <laughs> <laughs> Pearl.
2: Okay. Uh no, no Paul. Yeah, I thought Mia Goth
1: <laughs> yeah. would
0: have gotten that role. <laughs> yeah. Somebody quickly, somebody somebody uh, Somebody, uh, you know, use your computer to make a little computer image of a uh, mm-hmm. tiny little Mia Goth uh, hanging meme? from, yeah, hanging <laughs> from Scarlett Johansson's
2: view. It seems convoluted
1: even for me.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. That's the perfect Dan McCoy. And make sure to sign it,
1: Dan McCoy. Yeah. Uh, should I go first on this one, Dan, since you went first and last one? Yeah, please. I mean, I got to... I got to acquire that Caravaggio. Caravaggio, the sumptuousness of his textures. I'm a big, uh, this is something I think that's ever come up in the Flophouse before, but I'm a big fan of painted fabric on canvas, uh-huh. the way that folds are painted on canvas. Dra- and the
0: draping of The things? draping,
1: exactly. And he's one of the masters mm. of that. I love the dark lighting lit just where it needs to be. I love that Judith is, seems to be disgusted by her own handiwork she, by, in in, a, in murdering Hall Furnace. Furnace. Uh, so I'm gonna acquire that one. And I think I admire- uh, this Peter Paul Rubens feast painting, because there's just so much going on there. You know, uh, you got all the plants, you got all the feasting uh, Greeks uh, who are stra- draped strangely. They look like they're all wearing towels, like they just came out of the out of the a swim. You know, mm-hmm. and went yep. to this big banquet table. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm I'm a, I'm why a sucker. Why
0: don't why don't people dress like this anymore?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you mean like, you mean like nude, nude, except for like a towel <laughs> draped over their leg? <laughs> Yeah,
3: yeah, this uh, might mean, this might no, come Part with, of the
0: podcast. I mean, everybody dresses <laughs> their way under their clothes. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah, they they're I, wearing I, beach towels. Yeah,
1: and I will say, and this is going to be an unpopular this going to be an unpopular opinion, but it's just my personal preference for art. I love illustrative. Kind of classic art, art that is illustrating historical scenes, mythological scenes, uh, or imaginary cityscapes or things like that. I love art that is uh, that is kind of a an artist's representation of past times. If it's not historically accurate, I like it even more for some reason. Uh, and so, girl with pearl earring, beautiful picture, but uh, for me, there's not just not as much going on in there, so I'm going to have to burn it up. Okay, yeah, prove me wrong, uh... Dan. Prove me wrong. No, I'm not going to argue There's too no much. It's just opinions.
2: Uh, I definitely also would want to acquire the Caravaggio uh, for the high contrast you're talking about. I don't think that we mentioned the most important thing. You know, like, again, these, these are famous works of art, but this is a podcast. So perhaps we should be explaining that in this picture, a woman is uh, slicing Julie. a man's neck uh blood and he is, is not having a good time all over the place and then there's an older woman who seems you know to be you know approving of the deed I love the old woman who's like yeah, hey, just get a ton lady Come uh yeah, on.
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: she's like so what? there's a lot of hurry it up she is one she is a moment away from saying just give me that sword I'll take care of you.
2: <laughs> yeah as someone who likes narrative there's a lot going on in this painting I appreciate that uh it's just it you know it's just beautifully done um the, i i guess I would admire the girl with the pearl earring because i uh, you know portraiture is not Dan likes a babe but it's necessary yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I it is a it is a masterpiece of limiting yourself to a few colors, a few tones. You know um, what?
1: I'm gonna, I think I'm going to change my decision. I think I am going <coughs> to. I think I am going to admire that one because, as much as I love the Peter Paul Rubens one, there is every time I look at Girl with Pearl Earring, I am. I take it for granted how it feels like it is a single second in time that it feels mm. like it, it feels unposed in that way. Yeah. And so I shouldn't take that for granted. Vermeer, I apologize. I've been I've okay. been taking you for granted. Yeah, Vermeer, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> you are listening from here. Uh this the 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 fact that uh it really does look like she is about to she is in the middle of a turn that uh just kind of happened. It feels like a a painted snapshot, which it, especially in the years before photography even existed, is an amazing thing to pull off.
2: Yeah. The other one, look, it's it's beautiful. It's a little too much like you know, a book of like fantasy postcards to me or something. I mean, that's <laughs> so,
3: so you so the ultimate yes, compliment. Go you're saying it's the,
1: the ultimate compliment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Think, my taste. I like, knows- think l- If only this was less like a Boris Vallejo painting. <laughs> it's like, what? what? Less? I mean, if there were
2: like- What are you, Swords sick? and like <laughs> ladies clinging to if legs of If only we could
1: de this a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dan, you, so, Dan, you're saying you would like it if the death dealer was just riding like his horse went, over everybody there.
2: If it went further <laughs> in that direction, if it push, pushed past the good taste it's in into into like active- like bad taste <laughs> I would like it more
0: uh, yeah I I think y- y'all know me I gotta acquire this Peter Paul Rubens add it mm-hmm. to my collection <laughs> I forgot you are a Rubens collector yeah yeah oh yeah give me them big bumpy bodies <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> I love it
0: Uh, And then I just love how, like, filled every little corner seems it's filled with, like, tiny little details. It's great. Mm. I love it. Even
1: at the top, he's like, there's no room for people in the trees. I'll put some birds up there. I'm going to put some birds.
0: Why not? Uh, Of course, Caravaggio. I admire that thing. It's beautiful. love it. Uh, sorry, girl, the pearl earring. You're going in the dump. Okay. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> Guys, wow. we have one final round before we uh, we take a little break. This final round is going to be a little bit different. Instead of a very specific work of art, we're going to be talking about the career of entire artists.
3: Wow. And oh specifically,
0: my. this is geared right toward you 2 Peaches. We are talking about EC Comics artists. Okay. We're oh, gonna okay. Start I was afraid with, I
2: wouldn't know enough. <laughs> we're going to start
0: with my man, Jack Davis. Oh, Wonderful. Wally Wood.
2: Mm hmm.
1: Harvey Kurtzman. Yeah. Harvey oh, this is Kurtzman. This is this very is- tough, Dan. I think you're going to have to go first. I think I know my answer, but I think you're going to have to go first.
2: I, so if we're talking about the art of it, yeah. This is my argument. I'm going to acquire Jack Davis. I think he has just like such a wild career of you know doing these horror comics and then late later mad and uh posters like he is
1: <laughs> becoming the-, the master of the lots of people chasing something <laughs> yeah
2: poster the king of the the 1970s celebrity caricature
1: it's amazing uh, how so almost he does he has a few he has a few great movies that he did posters for but so many of his movies there is such a wide gulf between the amount of artistry he put into the poster caricature and the movie that he is creating a poster for
2: <laughs> yeah and uh, i'm going to admire wally wood who i think is one of the most beautiful draftsmen to ever do comics and uh, i'm putting kurtzman on the pyre only because i think he was much more valuable as a like innovator in the form like the way he would lay out
1: panel to panel okay. than
2: for the artwork itself that's my argument
1: i'm going to i'm i feel similarly about kurtzman unfortunately i'm going to have to put if you were asking me who is the most important of these three artists? It would be Harvey Kurtzman by by a, by a long ways as a, as a yeah. as a as an editor, as a writer, as a designer. But you're right; I I don't find him as attractive a draftsman as the other ones. So Harvey Kurtzman is the is the greatest of these in terms of his impact on on the the field that context, they worked in. Yeah. But I also, I'm going to say I want to acquire the Wally Wood because I love Wally Wood's art and I find it so like there's something so clean about it and some, his the way he uses shapes I really love uh and you specifically
2: gotta, his pornographic comics is well, what you Well that's you're the gonna,
1: thing is the thing I, the <laughs> thing I don't love as much is or like that thing he did where it's all the Disney characters having sex with each other like the like Hollywood mm-hmm. yep. at a certain point in his career just took a hard turn <laughs> into into softcore and that because that was what he could get work with but if you look at those comics they're beautifully done like the no, art they're is, lovely. is is yeah. gorgeous it's just like the they don't really and they also don't Really work that well as pornography because they're just like, <laughs> but uh, but if you look at like just the, if I, but if I get a page, yeah, from I wouldn't a, call
2: them sexy per se, yeah,
1: <laughs> you're you'd like, could, no, that's a well rendered
2: naked lady, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but but if I could get a page from one of his daredevil issues, or there's a Doctor Doom story he did for Marvel that I oh, love the art it. from, and uh. He w- he was very briefly working at Marvel, and then he could not stand working for Stanley, and so the two of them had a had a falling out. But he's the one who designed Daredevil's red costume, the one that he's worn since wow. issue oh that's like, cool eight or something. And uh, or I don't remember what issue number it is. But and but Jack Davis, I think I'm going to admire. Although I'd love to acquire his stuff too, but I'm going to admire just because I love a lot so much of Wally Wood stuff. But Jack Davis is like uh, I don't know if you guys are going to agree with me on this. His art's a little busy.
0: It is a little busy. Wait, Jack a- Davis's art is busy.
1: <laughs> just a tiny bit. Just a tiny bit. Everything's dripping. <laughs> uh, I think I'm on the side like, of Dan. Like, I look at Jack Davis's art, I'm like, "What's with all the lines, Rob Liefeld?" Oh, <laughs> just kidding. I, uh, I never say that.
0: <laughs> I I would want to acquire Jack Davis. Uh, I admire Wally Wood, and unfortunately, Harvey Kurtzman. Too much of an innovator in other areas of comics. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, before we uh, get to our sponsors and ads, one of the reasons why we are talking about something that's not about movies is because of the WGAN SAG strike. Elliot, if people want to support The WGA, where can they go?
1: That's a very great question. If people want to support the WGA, the best thing you can do is go to entertainmentcommunity.org. That's right, entertainmentcommunity.org. It used to be called the Actors Fund. Now it's the Entertainment Community Fund. And that is the place that anyone who works in the entertainment industry, not just writers, but support staff, technical crew, actors, um, everyone in, in front of and behind the camera can go when they need financial assistance. During this time, the most important way that you can support us beyond just making your voices heard and selling off whatever shares of those companies you have so that the price goes down. If there's a big sell-off and, and no one's buying and the price goes down, that's the greatest thing you could do, but that's taking on a real financial impact on yourself, so don't do that. Uh, but <laughs> the, the thing that'll help us the most is by helping us have the resources to get through this strike. This is a game of attrition. The AMPTP is hoping that we will crack before they crack, and we want them to crack before we crack, Some, somebody said they want you to lose your homes. <laughs> this was I did I didn't a, hear that. This was the yep. There was an article in. As we're recording this, it's the it's one week after the article that came out in uh, in Deadline. The uh, the uh, sent the owned by the same company that is involved in the studios, uh, media brand, uh, news source. Uh, in which an anonymous executive said, we're gonna keep this strike going with the writers until at at least October. Once they start losing their apartments and their houses, then we can dictate the terms to them. That is, one, bonkers. Every writer is used to being out of work for a certain amount of time. It's just part of the business. And two, if you think being out of work for six months will cause us to lose our homes, then you are admitting to me that you've been underpaying us for years, that you think that we are that close to the poverty line. So- We may need a little bit of help, though, and if we do, for those workers who need that assistance, entertainmentcommunity.org is the place that they can go to apply for it, and there's no shame in doing that. And it's where you can go to make a donation of any size whatsoever, Uh, earmark it for their TV and film production fund, and that will be there for us if we need it, when we need it, so that we can keep this strike going as long as we need to, to get equitable payment and treatment for not just us, but for the actors and for everyone else who has contracts coming up because the gains we make in this strike and in this negotiation are gains everyone's going to be able to make. And that's why we're doing this. This is the most and the strongest union solidarity I've seen certainly in my 15 years in the Writers Guild, uh, the solidarity between unions. And I'm very excited about it. And I think we can really make make a change in the way that Hollywood treats the people who work for it.
2: I think it was funny that I saw a lot of people arguing like, Well, yeah, I mean that 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 house thing. I mean, like that's just what a strike is. Like, it's like we're trying to exert financial hardship on the side, you know, for our own games. We're like, yeah, in the broad outlines, sure. Like, it's not surprising that they're trying to choke off the writers. Like, that is obviously what's going on. But the fact that at a time where you know writers' median incomes have fallen, like. 20 plus percent and CEOs keep climbing, you know, to think that it's a good idea to state like, hey, we want you to lose your house is just sort of a measure of, uh, I don't know, awfulness that it's just baffling to me that they thought like this is going to be a winning strategy to put this
1: out there in the world. I mean, it is this that any every every strike or every labor action is about a negotiation between labor and management over management wanting to pay as little as possible and having as much control as possible and labor wanting to get paid as much as possible and have as much of their own control as possible. And that's the way of the game. That's life in capitalism. It super sucks, but that's the system we live in. But to take it to the point of saying not just – we're going to wait them out, and we're going to get them back to the table. But to say that we want them to start losing where they live because then we can have – then they'll take whatever we give them. That is taking it to a, a new severity level and an unfair level, and also it's gross. And, and it totally backfired because everyone I've talked to since then talks about how they were so infuriated that they wanted to, stri- they wanted to keep striking even more. Just it was, it was it was the thing that someone a bad guy does in a movie where they they threaten a family member of the hero and the hero gets berserker strength at the last moment it looked like they were going to give <laughs> yeah, up yeah, and yeah. now suddenly they have to win and so it was like oh well now this is about keeping my family under a roof like this is crazy yeah. and so the and so. The thing you can do to help us, if you would like to help us, if you would not like to help us, if you want to help the AMPTP, then you can go fuck yourself. Get out of my podcast. <laughs> but if you want to help us, go to entertainmentcommunity.org and please make a donation so that should that financial assistance be necessary, it is there and waiting for all the entertainment personnel. This is something that is affecting not just us, but everyone who works in entertainment, everyone in the economy of California, and I'm sure certain parts of uh, of New York and other places and, at, and probably yeah. Georgia as well. This is something that, uh, is having ripple effects all throughout our business and so anything that we can do to help people who are affected collaterally by this uh we should be ready to do and entertainmentcommunity.org will at least help with some of that so thank you for your support and thank you for donating if you donate yeah and again if you're not supporting get, get you know get out of my face i don't want to i don't like <laughs> again, <you>. I, just, <laughs> I don't like you
2: <laughs> I, I just want to say like you know sometimes People, like the argument gets like wound up in like, oh, this famous writer makes this salary or this like like, oh, they're, they these people are well, look, the median writer's pay is like literally one hundredth of what entertainment CEOs are making right now. the The guilds are just asking for pay commiserate with the money that is made uh, less for the 100th, industry. It's yeah. less than
1: one hundredth of what they're being paid. It's yeah a, the, yeah, it's it's a. And uh, and even the people you think are doing well, one of the, one of the most informative things I feel like about this strike to, to other writers as well has been all of us realizing, oh, even the people that we see as successes are not getting paid commensurate with the success that they are creating for the mm-hmm. studios to the point of a, a number of showrunners of big shows are like, yeah, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. I don't, I don't get paid a lot for this. And I spent, this was two years of my life and I got paid, you know, a, you know X amount. And that comes out to, you know, uh, it's sometimes people after commissions to, Representatives things like that and taxes sometimes people who run shows are making less than fifty thousand dollars a year you know, and so that's or that's what they're taking home so it's uh it's not it the days of uh you get to write uh crappy TV and then you go home to your mansion and uh and you're you're lounging around the pool while the ratings for my mother the car come in or whatever <laughs> like, those days are over and so uh so if you can support us we really appreciate it thank you very much we'll get through this everything's going to turn out for the better in the end but it's going to be a fight to get there
0: is his mother's name christine
1: um okay so uh the peach pit uh, well, that's, that's the hard thing is that his mother and his girlfriend are both cars <laughs> oh it's complicated no.
0: so the peach pit is a show that's all about the flop house and the flop house is supported by sponsors some sponsors like these
2: Well, one of them is Squarespace, the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything, your products, content you create, and even your time. Squarespace has uh, a lot of uh, features that allow you to do things like gain powerful insights into who's visiting your site, how they're interacting with the content. You can have their analytic tools look at page views, traffic sources, time on site, most read content, audience geography, geography and much more.
1: Geography too.
2: Geography. If you if you're interested in it. It's not that useful cuz it's a made up word, but if you want that <laughs> analytic, you can find it. Squarespace has the tools you need to get your business off the ground including e-commerce templates, inventory management, a simple checkout process and secure Payment. So why not head to squarespace.com slash flop for a free trial. And when you are ready to launch, use offer code flop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain.
1: Guys, we've also got another sponsor. Uh, but- what? To talk about that, I'm just gonna say it. I don't like the act of cooking. I find it stressful. Worst of all, it takes too much time. The one thing I have the least of. Every morning, I gotta get up, get the kids ready, <laughs> take in a summer camp, hit the picket line, three hours of picketing in the sun, and then back home to get my other work done. In the sun, not my sons that I'm taking to camp. Oh, right, in right, the, right. In the, the sun that is the mother of us all. Uh, and I just don't have the time to make myself a meal. And yet my body craves nutrients and energy. Luckily, I can turn to Soylent, the original food tech company, which makes delicious and nutritious products in convenient formats. Whether you're low on time, having trouble rousing the energy to make a big production out of your meals, or just plain don't like cooking, Soylent has the Soylution for you. Mm. For instance, the Soylent Complete Energy Drink, which is not actually your typical energy drink. Don't be confused. It's the first Complete Nutrition Nootropic Shake to fuel your body and mind. Formulated with a proprietary blend of B vitamins, caffeine, I-theanine, I-tyrosine, and alpha-GPC. Ooh, that's the best kind of GPC. Yeah, Plus, I've
2: been <laughs> I've been craving some alpha-GPC lately. No,
1: no beta-GPC and stay away from the omega-GPC. Just stick with the alpha-GPC. Plus 15 grams of plant-based protein and 39 essential nutrients. A delicious way to keep getting through your day. Soylent so quick and so easy. You don't need to cook or clean up unless you're a particularly messy shake drinker. It's great for time you it's great for any time you need a nutritious, delicious meal. It's healthy for you because they took all the bad stuff out of the food and just left in the good stuff, which gives you less to poop out, which also saves you time. And it's made from but domestically grown and sustainably sourced ingredients. Not just good for you, but good for the planet. Go to soylent.com slash flop and use the code flop to get 20% off your first order. That's soylent.com slash flop with the code flop. For 20% off your first order.
0: We also have a judge jumbotron. That's right. This message is for John, Buddy, and Big Guy. And it's from Emily, wishing you an excellent 47th year Buffalo style. I now that I read it, I'm assuming John, Buddy, and Big Guy are all the same person and happy, yeah. happy 47th year.
1: No, it's confusing. Style.
2: You're like, how could a buddy be a big guy? <laughs> a, and how could they both all.
1: be John? <laughs> well, the big guy is a buddy of Rusty the Boy Robot, right? That's so. true. Mm.
0: Buddy and Big Guy are two things. Are two things that I call bar patrons when I don't remember their name. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's a trick of the
1: trade. Trick
0: of the trade.
1: <laughs> And Buddy Guy is big in his field. <coughs> That's true. That's yeah. true.
0: Now, uh, while we're while we're promoting things like jumbotrons, why don't we also promote a little thing called Flop TV, Elliot? Would you mind taking this ball and running with it?
1: I would love to. There's nothing I'm more excited about right now than Flop TV, and that includes my children. Hey. <laughs> Don't you wish the Flophouse was a show you could watch as well as listen to? Why are your ears getting all the fun? Your eyes want in on the action. Well, we agree. And that's why from August through January on the first Saturday of the month, except for sometime September, it's going to be the second Saturday of the month of September, okay, we're bringing okay, okay. you Flop TV, a one-hour live-streamed version of this very show. We'll be doing new PowerPoint presentations. We'll be talking about some of the most requested and most legendary bad movies there are, none of which we have ever done episodes on before. And we'll be answering questions from you, the audience, and all in a tidy one-hour-or-so package that fits right into your normal TV viewing habits. Can't make it to the live airing of the show? That's okay. Buying a ticket gets you access to the show's recording for two weeks after the original air date. Tickets are $7 each for individual shows, or you can buy a season pass for all six shows for $35. That's like getting a whole show for Free. Go to theflophouse.simpleticks.com for tickets and to see the list of movies we'll be covering. Remember that's theflophouse.simpleticks.com for our six month Flop TV live series. It's not TV, it's Flop TV. I stole that slogan from HBO because, again, They're not using it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I didn't didn't ask. I didn't ask. I didn't ask Max for permission. Sorry, Max.
2: Most of the shit on Max is is only not TV in the sense that it's sub television.
1: (laughs) Wow, (laughs) rough. They do still have an amazing catalog of foreign films that I think they don't know that they're on there, so they've allowed them to stay on. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. They're hiding out in the basement. So yeah, you, well, you know go- uh, Rainer Werner <laughs> Fassbender is just is just sitting in the basement of Max going like don't tell anyone that my movies are here. I don't want some tools to remove some. Hey Sydney, you're a physician
2: and the co-host of Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine, right? That's true, Justin. Is it true that our medical history podcast is just as good as a visit to your primary care physician?
3: No,
1: Justin, that is absolutely not true. Uh, However, our podcast is funny and interesting and a great way to learn about the medical misdeeds of the past as well as some current not-so-legit healthcare fads.
2: So you're saying that by listening to our podcast, people will feel better? Sure. And isn't that the same reason that you go to the doctor? Well, uh, you could say that. And our podcast is free? Yes, it is free. You heard it here first, folks. Sawbones, Meryl tour of Misguided Medicine, right here on Maximum Fun. Just as good as going to the doctor.
3: No, no, no. Still not just as good as going to the doctor, but but pretty good. It's up there.
1: Please tell us what to tape
2: about. Please tell us what to tape about. Please because I'm Alex and she's Katie and we make secretly incredibly fascinating a
0: podcast about the history and science behind seemingly ordinary things
2: we've done entire episodes about ham or shoe sizes or concrete or the color beige we need more ordinary stuff like that
0: our max fun members suggest and
2: pick our episode topics through discord so what do you wonder about what do you wish you could start to find interesting
1: Make us tape your idea.
2: And then hear the results on Secretly Incredibly Fascinating from MaximumFun.org.
0: Hey, welcome back to The Peach Pit, a podcast all about Flophouse uh, and the
2: original peaches. Joining me today are two of the original peaches, Dan McCoy and Elliot Kalin. Thanks so much for joining me, guys. Yeah, this is this an interesting question. I thought that The Peach Pit was about the Flophouse, and yet this one is about art. Now, <laughs> well, is the branding one. getting all confused? Well, or? actually,
0: we're doing something a little bit different here today, okay. guys. Uh, today, we are doing uh, The Peach Pit Presents Carpe DMS where I reach into <laughs> my big bag of DMs I've received here at the Peach Pit, uh, and I'm going to pose some questions to you two peaches now that I have well, you on wow. the line. How does okay. that so sound? Are
1: we not, so are we not doing the, the pictures anymore? Are we done with the art <laughs> No, no, apparently slides? we've moved.
2: This is a different— No, this is a different show. We've moved on. <laughs> <Wow. laughs>
0: Buckle your seatbelt. It's going to be a, a bumpy ride. So, first question, let's see. Um, what is <laughs> what is your go-to coffee order? Mm. <laughs>
2: Well, my I am a Midwesterner, so my go-to coffee order is a drip coffee, black, uh, no sugar.
1: Wow, okay. Plain Jane, Elliot. Mm-hmm. Bitter, just like life in the Midwest. And uh, yep. my my, I don't like coffee, so my go-to coffee order is a chocolate croissant or a chocolate <laughs> cookie if they've got a particularly big one.
0: Now, when you order a chocolate croissant, do you order it like that or do you order it as a pain chocolate? Mm-hmm. I
1: say chocolate Croissant, because okay. I know there are people in my life who say croissant regularly uh-huh. and I uh-huh. it doesn't, it feels <laughs> like such them. a put on. <laughs> Even though
2: they're your loved ones, you're
1: like, <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. like, just say croissant like an unsophisticated American. I know that's what Take- you are.
0: Take off that beret, Sammy.
3: <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, that's great. What's uh, Mine is uh, a, a flat white with oat milk. That's mm. my preferred. Gimme, yeah. gimme. Now, here's a, here's a follow-up to that question. Okay. We're, we're still, these are the softball questions. Uh, if you were, imagine you are, in a, in a coffee shop. It's busy and you're standing yeah, I'm behind yeah, I'm, I'm Hollywood superstar actor, Nicolas Cage, who is oh, currently sure. supporting the SAG strike by not attending press events. Now you're behind Nicolas Cage. What is his coffee order?
2: <laughs> mm. What do you think Nicolas Cage orders at a coffee shop. I'm going to say a quadruple espresso. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm going to say a quadruple espresso and then when he takes the cup away, he takes out his own snake and squeezes the venom out of it and it lets it drip into the cup. Just three drops. Four is too much but three gets him yeah. into that into that kabuki acting uh, zen mode that he needs to be Okay,
0: in. so Nicolas Cage, if you're listening to this, obviously write in and tell Let us, us it, how, how close we are. Yeah, If you have been behind Nicolas Cage at a coffee shop or served him coffee, feel free to write in and give us the insights. Please. I would be, I right would be so excited. Yeah, I would love to hear that. Now, on a recent Flophouse mini, uh, you guys admitted that you're both into drawing, and you know what? Me, Stuart Wellington, I am also a bit of a little little sure artist as well. It. So, mm-hmm. who would you? Uh, who are your biggest artist artistic inspirations? How do you? Mod- who is like the model or influence of your uh,
2: your drawing style? Uh, oh boy, that's a tough one. Like I. I grew up reading a lot of funny animal comics. Uh, so, like, there's a lot of, like... Mm-hmm. Like Fritz the little,
1: Cat, that kind of thing?
2: Well, I got a lot Watership from down. Pogo and... Uh, <laughs>
1: Watership Down. It's not even it a comic. Pogo and,
2: and the, and the <laughs> duck comics. Uh, but I don't know if they're the, like... Destroyer Duck? I don't know if they really look like my art. I, I Like, my art goes all over the place. Sometimes it's... More clean, and sometimes it's full of lines. And uh, even though he's a difficult man with a lot of problems, like the lineier side of my art, uh, has certain crumb qualities. Sometimes
1: I and you're usually eating while you do it, so you get actual yeah, crumbs yeah, yeah, all, all over true. the place.
0: And you're riding around on a woman's ass. (laughs) You know who I wish I could?
1: (laughs) That's the main similarity, is is the focus on butts, yeah.
2: The person I wish I could draw like is Jaime Hernandez, because I I just love. Yeah,
1: because he's the greatest of all time, sure.
2: Just like the bold blocks of, you know, black in the inking, very clean look, very well composed.
1: It's hard to imagine an artist who does as much with as few with as as little lines, mm-hmm. a little amount of lines, as few lines as. Do you Jaime think, Hernandez.
0: And do you think he's somebody who like, uh, like takes a long time penciling, or more is like sweats over his inking? Like I know, like Jeff Smith takes a long, like a long time penciling, but when it comes to inking, he just like bangs it out.
1: I think that, I could be wrong though. I think that something <laughs> you're like that, I know this, but I could be wrong. <laughs> I feel like
0: I read in an interview where they it was like talking about how like how uh you know he he. Because Jeff Smith's art is so like super clean, yeah, uh, and and similar to Jaime Hernandez, fairly simple,
2: mm-hmm. um, and that it's, although as Bone went along, he got weirdly enamored of putting tiny lines all over the place, well, like like
1: But I think that I think there there was a the thematic reason for it because the the story itself was getting more serious and less funny mm-hmm. and, more, and more more intense as it went on, so it kind of made Could sense. Be. My guess is that I bet that the two of them spend a lot of time on the composition and layout stage. Yes, I bet they spend I, a lot of time laying out their panels. Jaime Hernandez especially because he's a, he's a master panel layout and page I, layout artist. I,
2: I would say that too because, like, my experience of, like, sometimes I'm, like, sketching and I'll, like, you know, this is close enough to it and I will correct all of these little things as I ink. Like, I will be able to see as I ink, like, well, that that relates to that not quite the way i have it you know i need to make adjustments you know but with something as precise as that i think he probably really locks down the drawing what's your what's your inking
0: uh tool of choice are you a brush guy i have
2: started using almost exclusively brush pens there are a lot of like japanese brands of brush pens that are very good and i yeah. li- i just like having the the variable line without having to build it up myself by, you know, going over things.
0: Yeah, I'm still I'm such a sucker for crow quills though and like they're great, but getting that's used a, to like doing a fuss. doing all your fine lines first and then your like medium lines as the quill becomes more and more stretched out. Yeah. <laughs> Save your big fat lines for the end. Uh, that's cool for me my, my big uh, my big influences are Dan Klaus, uh, Evan Dorkin and, and Charles Burns like those big heavy blacks and the mm-hmm. like panel composition that Dan Klaus mm-hmm. does. yeah yeah those guys were big. Despite Allie. my, my – the content I would do had nothing to do with anything those guys did. <laughs> but like they were just huge influences. No, we in all
1: me. know Dan Klaus's Warhammer work. <laughs> yeah. That's, particularly impressive. That was yeah. what
0: my comics were all
2: about. Warhammer <laughs> guys.
1: Ellie, did you say? No, I mean I also don't draw like most of the artists that I like. I feel like most of them are, are well, so far beyond me and, I th- and I've spent years letting my ability to draw atrophy. And mm. it's going to take me a long time to get it back up to where I would like it to be. But uh, I would think probably like as uh, as boring as it is that Jack Kirby is a big, big like kind of yeah. influence on the way I think about shapes and forms and things like that. And also it's a lot – easy. he's – you know, it's not easy to draw exactly like Jack Kirby, but it is easy to draw similar to Jack Kirby because he was so much about – so much more about force and about impact than he was about, you know, specific uh, proportion, let's say. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right.
0: Certainly, more than like realism.
1: Yes, I mean, I, I, it's a, it's I it's easier to draw in the style of Jack Kirby than it is to draw in the style of one of his uh, someone who used to draw like him, like Barry Windsor Smith or something like that. Like it's hard to yeah. jump in and do a Barry Windsor Smith type picture, even though you look at his old drawings when he was Barry Smith and he looks a lot like Kirby. Yeah, yeah, just jump in and do a Bernie
0: Wrightson picture. <laughs>
1: Ugh, I wish amazing. <laughs> ruin yeah. your hands, doing it. <laughs> <laughs> and my eyes as well. How do how do I how do I try every strand on a cobweb? <laughs> this mm-hmm. is very difficult.
0: From memory. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so uh despite you know, we're not we're trying out to promote movies now, but I can't we can't help it. We gotta talk a little bit about movies. Uh, you you guys all have favorite movies. Elliot's is taking a pellet one, two, three. Dan's you know it. if Dan, if you were to say you have a favorite movie, if you were going to introduce a friend to a favorite <sighs> movie, what movie would you be like? You need to see this. Uh, let's go with North
2: by Northwest.
0: Sure, and I'll go with a recent one. Uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe the Suspiria remake, just to make people mad. Um, and... If you were going to introduce a friend to this movie, you have to pick one of three circumstances to show them. And these are, Mm -hmm. let's say, not the best circumstances, but this is your only chance to get your friend to check out this favorite movie of yours. Would you show them the movie, A, projected on the wall of a frat house during a frat party, B, watched on a phone in the backseat (laughs) of a car with two hungry and tired children on a road trip, or... Three, watched on a plane after it's been hijacked by terrorists. <laughs> uh,
2: I'm going to say three. It has. Okay. Dan fewest. just loves watching movies on planes. <laughs>
3: That's
2: true. I knew <laughs> as soon as I gave him that
1: option, <laughs> he's like, oh, yummy, yummy. Yeah, his eyes lit up. Oh.
2: <laughs> Look, presuming the. Te- I mean, if the terrorists are allowing you to still watch movies, like.
1: It's mm-hmm. a long flight. They got f- to entertain you somehow.
2: All of the distractions, you know, the immediate distractions are gone. Just like a general sense of like unease in your stomach is is what you're you're contending with. So you're paying more attention to the movie, and I think you need that movie to distract you, you know, a piece of escapism <laughs> to like keep you busy while uh while this no, is unfolding.
3: I,
0: I, D- Dan's I, like, I should have said my favorite movie was executive decision. <laughs> I mean, there's a plane scene <laughs> in North by Northwest,
2: but it is, <laughs> yeah. it is so divorced from the context of like yeah. a plane hijacking, yeah. so. yeah, yeah.
1: I, th- I, th- I think it's interesting that you said you'd be paying more attention to the movie in a situation like that, when I think you'd probably find it hard to pay attention, but perhaps this is like the story of the man who was chased onto a branch by a tiger and he's about to fall off a cliff and he sees one strawberry growing off of that branch and he eats it and it's the most delicious strawberry he's ever had in his life because he's so focused on it. Maybe it's like that. Where did you hear this story, Elliot? Did you just make it this up? Is, no, this is an old saying, but I think I once, I first heard it in an episode of King of the Hill.
2: <laughs> Where <Awesome. laughs> all wisdom resides. I'm
0: disappointed you didn't do in doing a cool voice, but that's fine. That's maybe next time. Is this maybe still, next
2: time? Are these still DM questions? Or yes, we these are all DM questions.
0: Okay, well, I'm going
1: to say taking Pelman 23, three projected on the wall that frat party because it's a loud movie. You'll be able to mm-hmm. hear it over that stuff. You need to see it big, and also they're all going to stop partying and start watching the no. movie once they hear oh, all that yeah, swearing.
3: Yeah. Yeah. The,
2: this is the worst way to watch I
0: the guess, movie. I guess no. I got no choice. I got to make my friend watch the Spear in the back of a car with two kids. <laughs> no, that's They're the gonna worst gonna way to it. see a movie. That's the worst way to see a movie. <laughs> okay. Now, before we wrap up, we got one final question. One of the things that weird dudes on the internet seem obsessed with is AI. Now, has there <laughs> ever been a movie where AI is the good guy?
2: <laughs> uh, Her? I think okay, her.
1: Uh, I mean, the AI is not a bad guy in her, but it's not that kind of movie, you know.
2: Yeah. Well, no. Well, I think that <laughs> still counts. What do you mean? That's like, true. I, I,
1: yep. You know, does never it have seen,
2: to be a movie where like AI is good fighting another thing? Where like the, it can't where just where the be AI like is a, not. Is a hero. Yeah. I mean, I think. I mean, her, Jarvis I think she is, is a kind of the hero of that movie because she transcends, you know, being locked into. Lame, sad, walking Phoenix. Yeah,
1: (laughs) I guess so. I guess so. Uh, I guess Stuart, you're right that Jarvis is often the hero in the uh, in the Avengers Iron Man movies, and then he becomes and he becomes Vision. Yeah, Vision Uh
2: is good enough to wield the Mjolnir. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's that's, uh, that's
1: bonkers. (laughs) <laughs> i mean i didn't get
2: it up it's it not like that's been <laughs> when did he heretic- do that when did that happen that's how you know that he's good when he shows up
1: in yeah, ultron a, it's, a, a, it's a pretty a, a, avengers uh, age of bit of- to be honest i so they do they spend so little time on vision in that movie that i've only seen yeah. that movie once age of ultron that they spend so little time on him after he's born that i kind of forgot everything he does other than occasionally zap and with his with his lasers yeah. uh
0: and that was also in a movie that very specific,
1: specifically has an evil AI in it. Yes, exactly. Uh, much like the AI in the real world. Uh, yes,
0: ev- that's the thing, is that I feel like there's so few examples of, it's like a weird thing to cape for when every, almost every example of
1: AI in movies is bad. Well, at the, I guess the difference, it really isn't that AI in the real world is evil, but the people who use it are either evil or oblivious to what human life should yeah, right like, now it's chaotic neutral. I would say. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, it, right now it's the it's the you know what it is. Right now, it's chappy. It's just chappy. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a baby. It doesn't know what it's doing, so it's easy for a bunch of trash rap. Bank robbers to to Mm -hmm. tell it to commit Mm -hmm. crimes and hurt people, Mm -hmm. and Chappie's like, "Oh, this fun, this fun." Chappie love mommy, daddy, and that's what AI is right now. the 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 people who are in charge of the companies, AI is like, "You, mommy, daddy," and they're like, "Yeah, we are. Take people's jobs. They don't want those jobs. Oh, me good. Me free them from jobs. That kind of thing." So I guess Johnny
0: Five is a good AI. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, if we only get if we only get if. If we get Johnny Fives, I get it. Johnny Fives should be writing all the movies, right?
1: <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, I mean what, <laughs> what he should be doing is he should be he should be he should be chasing after after diamond thieves. Basically, yeah. that's the thing he does best. Yeah. So yeah.
0: You, you think AI has uh, a, a strong case for being head of law enforcement?
1: Well, you've all seen RoboCop, right? We get we get the competing visions yeah, of, no, uh, of no problem the ED, with that yeah, Ed Two Hundred Nine, who's great at it. He's still good. Yeah, yeah I'm sure that, so that executive good. he shoots at the beginning, I'm sure he was guilty of something. You know, he <laughs> yeah, wouldn't be in that yeah. boardroom. That's true. Yeah,
0: and he you does know, if, make if, he does make dinosaurs. Yeah, maybe that's <laughs> the problem. Is, is Ed Two Hundred Nine
2: had like too wide and realistic a view of what? crime was. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> he says property is theft. A lot of people, uh, I'm surprised that that reading hasn't come yet, up yet, that it's like, well, E.D. 209 is actually more, is actually more progressive than any other character. That's why he's going after these capitalists.
0: Yeah. He's uh, going after RoboCop because he is cop in his name.
1: <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's the sad that E.D. 209 doesn't realize he's a police officer
3: also.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: That's the
0: thing. Okay. Yeah. Well, I feel like this has been a really fun episode of the Peach Pit. Thanks so much for joining me, guys. Now the Peach Pit is part of the uh, Flophouse uh, Mega Corporation brand, <laughs> and we we all live within the Maximum Fun world. Thank you so much for supporting us. Thanks for being part of the Max Fun Network. This episode is going to be edited, I'm guessing severely, by uh, Alexander Smith, who goes by Howell Dottie on social media. Uh, thanks so much for joining us, uh, guys. Do you have any plugs to make? Uh.
2: <laughs> no, I mean just you know all that stuff Elliot keep on, said keep earlier. On.
1: Just yep. So please support your fellow strikers and uh, or your neighborhood strikers and or striker from uh that's the that's the that's a uh,
2: striker from airplane. Mor- Mortal Kombat. Ted striker.
1: Yeah, that was that was the striker that came to mind, but I don't actually want to support him that The badly. striker
2: files? I don't know.
1: No. Uh that was that was an old <laughs>
3: that
2: was an old channel one oh one show that my friends did. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh and on the note of the strike, which seems like it will drag on forever, uh one, you know, tangible way you can help us, two of your favorite uh guild members, is to just spread the word about the flop house. Uh Get us more listeners because right now this is our jobs. So so uh, our job, singular, uh, even though there are two of us. We both share one job, and it is entertaining America through this, the medium of the <laughs> Flophouse. Maybe don't make the people that you recommend uh, uh, listen to this episode, but uh, in general, help us out, why don't you?
1: Bye. <laughs> well said, Dan, well said.